Hello, Internet. How are you doing? You have come to the PlayStation Report. This is episode 57 of said podcast. We have to go really fast, Tyler. We can't have another two-hour-long podcast, can we? <laughs> no. Emphasis on podcast. Oh, my God. It's almost... Just leave it there. Man. It's almost as if it's supposed to be conversational. It's almost as if this podcast is about a multitude of topics. You would be correct. Oh, my goodness. And unfortunately, we can't title things with everything we talk about, or else it would just be like, it would be an essay. You would also be correct. <laughs> and I also don't feel like writing all those words, nasty, nasty words we say sometimes. Big, big words. Big, English language words. Big English language words. We like words. I. What's your I favorite don't. word? Goopy. Goopy. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't like words. I find myself being able to read a lot of words, but I never understand what, what half of them mean. <laughs> All right. I'm just bad. Bad at English. I hated it, man. Mm. The, the best part of my educational life growing up in high school was when I stopped taking English classes the second half of senior year wow it's hmm. just like i'm done with this shit no more brit lit for me can't take it that was a blast well 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 <laughs> yeah i i mean i i've grown to appreciate the english language more as an adult now because i like i like writing when i don't have restrictions on what i'm writing so uh yeah that's it's fun to play around with words especially on twitter when you have like it's a challenge what can, how many people <laughs> yeah. can you offend in a hundred what hundred forty characters? Yeah. Oh man. You think Twitter will ever expand that? I hope not, because the I whole point not. of that platform is you know get something out quick and dirty. I know. They've already made it easier do. though. Like gifts don't count against it. Uh, replies now don't count against it. Although I don't like the way they implemented that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they they did make it easier. And with, like, link-shortening things like Bitly and other mm -hmm. services, it's not that bad. Yeah. Ah. Man. It's been a week, Tyler. It's been a week. It, it has been, man. I'm I'm just tired of people. <laughs> I'm just so sick of people. I just want to just curl up into a ball and drink this whole bottle of wine behind me and yeah. just not think about anything. That's that's been my week. Although last weekend, my girlfriend and I went to uh, Belfont, PA, which is right outside of State College, uh, for our anniversary, and we stayed in this bed and breakfast. And we didn't know we didn't have any problems, but we're eating breakfast the next day, and the owners were like, "Did you have any problems in your room?" And we're like, "What are you talking about?" Turned out our room was haunted reportedly it's Ooh. very weird so this place was built in the 1800s by the first millionaire in this town and he just wanted to build this massive place as a bachelor pad for him and his buddies that that's pretty much the whole thing uh so now it's a bed and breakfast but long ago his sister died in the room that we stayed in 
And the owner said that um, a lot of people the next day go like, yeah, my fireplace just kept turning on and off and my sink turned on when we were sleeping. And I, I heard somebody whispering in my ear clear as day, that, that, that type of stuff. And I'm like, wow, nice to know. We didn't know that ahead of time, but we, we had no problems. It was, it was fun. Man, you need, you need to get a witcher on that, man. I know. Do get rid of the, get, get a Geralt, solve, solve, uh, Solve the problems of the world. Yo, you gotta get really that. Gotta get that uh, Pennsylvania Witcher. Yeah, those those cool. freak shows over there at Waypoint have their have their New York Witcher. Yeah, man, we gotta get a we gotta have our own Pennsylvania Witcher. There needs to be a Witcher everywhere, honestly. There really does. Fuck haunted houses. <laughs> yeah, uh, Witchers solve uh, people's problems. Mm, yes, they do, and then they uh, they leave, which is the best yeah. part. Yeah. <laughs> yes they just they do the job they get paid and they fucking leave yeah and sometimes they just fuck bitches yeah mm. Mm-mm. we 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 encourage fucking yes i don't care what you fucking as long as it's legal but we yeah. encourage fucking <laughs> you can bang a cheese curl flashlight if you wanted oh yeah fucking get some nacho cheese and fuck it yeah if you wanted the fleshlight with nacho cheese oh yeah you're living some fucking meta life right there Mm. man if you didn't know this is a weekly playstation (laughs) podcast where me frank and my buddy here tyler we talk about video games specifically in the playstation ecosystem talk about the news but first off, we always, always lead off with the games we've been playing. And Tyler, would you like to fill their ears with your mouth noises about what you've been playing? Yeah. Uh, the only thing of, I mean, a little bit of Mass Effect and drama, not, not as much as I would like. Uh, I, I'm just finding, I'm not going to say too much, but the only thing I'm going to say is that I'm, the more I play this game, the more I'm running into a lot of problems with it in terms of technical problems. Uh it's just getting really bad of just crashing and frame rate problems. And the first 25 hours, I didn't have any problems with it. But yeah, anyways, uh, the only big thing that I played was, and I don't even think we talked about it last week because it just kind of happened. It's the new Overwatch event. Oh, yeah, we did. We did play that. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so Overwatch Uprising is going on right now as the newest event till May 1st, I believe. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's a it's a lot of fun. It's it's a PVE event, so it's uh, similar, sort of, to Doctor Drunkenstein, um, except with this event, it's on the Kingsborough map, and you're always moving around the map pretty much. You're you're going and you're kind of hacking points, which hacking is just staying in, staying in a point, almost like you're capturing it, um, and then you'll move in and you have to defend a point for like four minutes in a uh to get a payload running then you escort the payload then you take out four Arises right at the end so that's pretty much the whole event um there's four difficulties uh there's a new legendary difficulty which i don't even want to know what that's like um and then 
the best part about this event, in my opinion, is that with Dr. Junkenstein, you could only play the four characters that Blizzard wanted you to play. And it was a little frustrating at times, especially like when you needed healing. Anna's just not a good healer. And or or she, or she just doesn't heal at the rate that you would want her to. Um, so that was one thing that was really frustrating. But with this, you can play the four characters that are uh, for the story, which are uh, Mercy, Reinhardt, Torbs, and um, Tracer. And then you can also there's they have a separate playlist of you can play with whoever you want, which is awesome. I like that there's options there and it it's fun i like it we uh it's we play a lot on normal but it's fun to just go through a normal and just find different combinations and just destroy shit Mm -hmm. uh because we had uh you were zenyatta so you were putting discord orbs on people i was arisa and we were we were escorting the payload i just put my uh damage buff right on the payload we just kept moving with it and we were just illuminating everybody and then our other friend was bastion in turret mode so it was like we're just melting people down but uh we tried hard and uh Mm. yeah we we got very close to probably getting past the hardest part Mm -hmm. and i think if we could have gotten past that part i do think we could have gotten it because the rest isn't too bad but that part's difficult the part where you have to defend a payload you can't really move uh and it's kind of not in a great spot either there's a lot coming at you. Uh, we got so close, man. There was just seconds left both mm-hmm. times. But, uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to, to playing some more of it because it is fun. And, uh, yeah, what do you think of it? Oh, I'm, I've, I really love it. It's, it's something that I want to see more from Overwatch because, yeah, I get it. It's a player versus player focused game, but like the, what they're doing here is proving that they could do both, and I wish they did do both. Yeah. I mean... Definitely. It's... I, I don't really understand why you wouldn't want to uh, create these uh, co- cooperative experiences. Like, that's a fun way to play this game. Yeah. I mean, sometimes some people just don't like going up against other players, and that's... I, I think that's a preference that a lot of people hold, and having... S- having this uh, cooperative experience seems to be something that would appeal to them. Yeah, definitely. And and I think that's the way to go because too, like one thing about overwatch is, or the biggest thing about overwatch is that in the multiplayer, like your team is always focused on one thing. It's either attacking the point, defending the point, moving the payload, stopping the payload. That's it mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, so it's all, so that focus can bring some really incredible moments. And I still feel that with a cooperative like thing, like you're all still focused on one thing. And especially if you crank the difficulty up, you can get some really amazing moments out of that. I I just absolutely think it's the way to go because I think overwatch could have a very intriguing world to tell pretty cool stories and then also have really great gameplay to go along with it. I agree. Hmm. I, and and I think if Blizzard was to do an Overwatch 2, which, I mean, they've done sequels to their games, so we'll see. Um, that's definitely, like, the biggest thing I think a lot of people would want out of it, is some type of cooperative. I mean, campaign. 
I don't I don't really see them abandoning Overwatch Overwatch's yeah. cast of characters, and I I think right. that to make a sequel with the same characters is kind of weird. I think they're I think they're just going to keep this as a platform. The if you look at a I saw a few uh, charts about uh, Blizzard revenue, about like how sustained the Overwatch has been as a cash cow for them because of their loot box system. Um, it's just it's insane when you compare that to like another one of their big titles like Diablo three. Diablo three, their the month revenue they got from that just fucking dropped after like the first few months. But right. with Overwatch, it's been consistently up there. So I, I I'd imagine that they keep this as a platform. I don't think they could. I think it would cause a little bit too much, uh, I don't know, butthurtness among people. I don't yeah. know. that To, to uh, abandon Overwatch and create another game that's basically going to be the same kind of platform, but with maybe a single player. I feel like they could just, just as easily release a single player campaign as like a, maybe even just a standalone that they can release. Yeah. I, I fully agree with that. I don't think th- the skins are the best this time around, though. Like, I would say out of all the events, this one might be the weakest in terms of skins. There still is, are some cool ones, for sure. Uh, like, Tormjorn is pretty, pretty cool. But uh, overall, I think the other events definitely had more appealing yeah, skins. Yeah, but it, it does have the single greatest highlight intro. Yeah, I, that that highlight intro is something I absolutely want. That diva highlight intro is amazing with her blowing up her mech and taking a selfie. Yeah, I mean, I I get it. Skins are awesome. Skins are what everyone likes. But I I like I like the other things as well. Like if they could get, I don't know. I I don't want to say more creative, but uh, get a little bit more flashy with their sprays. Maybe even their yeah. voice lines. That would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's fun. For sure. Check it out. Mm. So for the next few weeks. So, yeah. Yeah. Other than that, nothing for me. What about you? So, Tyler, we talked about this a little bit earlier this week. I am just in RPG hell. Yes. Well, you not are. hell. It's kind of it's kind of heavenly, but it's hellish in the amount of hours I'm putting into RPGs right now. I'm playing a multitude of RPGs. Uh, to go gloss over quickly, I'm playing a little bit of Mass Effect. I've beaten the game, but I'm going back, uh, scraping some things. Um, started up Dragon Age Inquisition. Started up that uh, nightmare run that I wanted to do. Um, it turns into a completely different game when you turn it on nightmare. It's a lot more yeah. tactical. I'd imagine you're you're in tactical mode a lot more than usual. Mm-hmm. I'm also playing uh, Divi- Divinity: Original Sin, which yeah, I need to finish that game. It's been a while on that one. <laughs> um, man, not on PlayStation, but I I'm playing uh, uh, Pillars of Eternity and Zelda, another two big RPGs. Man. Yeah, and Persona Five is the other big RPG I'm playing, but uh, I I I want to talk. Much, man. Yeah, I I've already <laughs> talked about all those games at some point. Um, so I'd I'd like to talk a little bit about Cosmic Star Heroine, the most recent of these games that I just started. Yeah, I started another RPG while I have like seven other ongoing RPGs. <laughs> Dude, uh. that's like five hundred hours in like five or six games. Hmm. <laughs> 
Man. It's crazy. But I'm loving it. I, I love RPGs. RPG is my... Like, role-playing games are my favorite games, so this is this is actually kind of my heaven. And uh, Cosmic Star Heroine actually calls back to older RPGs in a way that the other RPGs just don't, except for the exception of Pillars of Eternity, because that's... But they're just different types. This is bringing me back to old-school JRPGs for Cosmic Star Heroine. Um... I, as soon as I booted it up, I, I I was totally digging the groovy music, the pixel art style that it has. Um, I really like the combat system that I've went in so far. It's definitely turn-based. Um, so you're basically like, a, it's kind of cyberpunky. You have you can do like these uh, certain, like the main character has like this laser weapon and all that stuff, but you also have like another character that's like a hacker who does, like, status effects, because the first dungeon I went through was kind of, like, robots and shit. Um, so he he can do status effects with that. And then this other character I have is called a... Her, she's called a gunmancer in the game. She can basically summon guns and shoot people wow. with them. It's really cool, man. Uh, there's that's, that's a system cute. where, like, it's kind of like Final Fantasy Limit Breaks, in the old school way, but um, the way you you get those is like every like every certain amount of turns you'll be super powered, and um, on top of that, there's this other meter called style. If you increase your style, you get you uh, get bonus damage and stuff like that. So you got to be super stylish. But as the fight drags on, the enemy style rises too, and they get more dangerous. Ooh. That sounds fun. Does the game have style? Oh, yeah. This game has style, man. <laughs> mm. This game's been in development for a really long time. So it's cool that it's finally out. What, are you playing it on PS4 or Vita? I'm playing it on PlayStation 4. The Vita version is going to be released later. It is cross-buy, however. So if you want to get into it now and then... I, I want to imagine it's cross-save, too, because that would be kind of crazy if it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, but that's happened before. I mm -hmm. think... No, never mind. I have that backwards. But there has been RPGs where it's cross save, but not or cross buy, but not cross save. Yeah, which sucks. But I know like big RPGs like that Final Fantasy X, X2, That one's cross save. Mm -hmm. Borderlands Two, which you might forget, is actually on Vita. Mm -hmm. That's cross save. So hopefully it is. Yeah, sure. that, that's a game that I definitely want to take on the road with me. I have a certain strategy when it comes to juggling are these all these RPGs. Like I have an RPG that I play while listening while listening or watching TV or I have one that I play while passively listening to uh baseball because it's baseball season again, my Orioles. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They're actually playing right now against Toronto. I didn't check the score. Uh I have another one like Persona's my weekend RPG because that's one that just pulls me in and I cannot afford to be taken away from it <laughs> because it, it just drags you along day by with it's the cycle day by day and that's kind of addicting yeah but yeah I have like there's different times that it's appropriate for me to be playing different RPGs mm -hmm. and it's amazing and I love it mm. yeah I, I wish I had the time to sink into multiple RPGs I can only do, really do one at a time Everything really fucks with your head though when you're like messing around with different yeah. combat systems. Yeah, it's I like, can imagine. It's like, right, in... what can I do here? 
Yeah, it's like playing, uh, like especially at the end of last year, all those different shooters. Like they all have slightly different controls, and it's like fuck, mm-hmm. damn it! All these just feel weird. I'm accidentally hitting the wrong button. Or the biggest thing is like when you're playing an RPG, almost every game is different with how you bring your menus up. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, because in Cosmic Star Heroine, if you press the start button to try to bring your menu up, it says uh, you should probably save before you exit the game, because that's how you mm-hmm. exit to the main menu. Yeah. It's bound to triangle to get into your ma- main menu, which is very reminiscent of JRPGs of the past. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. The weirdest one to me is uh, Skyrim. Yeah. But... It, it's like circle to open up your shit. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's, that's it's just strange. weird. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. I'm thinking about mainlining Mass Effect and Drama's main story. I mean, if if it's really not grabbing you there, like I'd say go for it. Like I mean like basically what I did was just bare bones do all my uh, relationship quests and then do the uh mainline. That that's all I did. Yeah, because you can go back and do a lot of this stuff when you finish the main story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the main story, I am actually still intrigued by. Like, I find it good, uh, at least so far. Um, but it's like running around on the planets and getting your viability up and, and all that stuff. And I know that stuff's important to get different perks and all that stuff. But it's just so goddamn boring to me uh, most of the time. It's just very mindless, but not in not in the best of ways, in my opinion. Like, I like the combat, but the planets just feel so lifeless. And to be honest with you, they feel very No Man's Sky-like to me. Fight me. Uh, when I see a dinosaur walking around that looks just fucking weird, I'm like, all right, this just doesn't really look that good. So I, I'm thinking I might try to mainline the story as much as possible mm-hmm. i'm on the hunting the archon quest oh okay um so you wait so you haven't been to meridian yet not yet okay which is I, funny because there's a meridian in this game and then there's a meridian horizon and it gets me screwed up sometimes i know it's weird the last thing i did was i i went to Kadara to pick something up and now i have to craft something Okay. On the tempest. And then I'm assuming from there I'll go on a journey somewhere, so I'm getting there. Yeah. Oh, she does. You're close. You're close. Yeah. Mm. And also, I took Drac out as part of my party members for the first time. Dude, and Drac kicks ass. Mm. He does. And his banter with everybody is just incredible. I'm like, why did I not do this the whole rest of the game? It's just awesome. I have him in PB right now. What a combination. Mm-hmm. Both with combat and just personalities. Pretty cool. So, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, oh, boy, right oh, on. boy. All right. Well, there's no real good way to do this. We're done talking about the games we played, so let's get into the news. That's my transition for this week. Let's get into the news. And the biggest news, I, in my opinion, this week... We're going to lead off with Uncharted, The Lost Legacy. Launching August 22nd. It's $40. And rumor has it, I think, I'm not sure if it was confirmed, it's like about a 10-hour game, standalone. Yeah. That's that's what Naughty Dog 
said, I don't think they 100% confirmed it, but they did say that it is definitely between the length of The Last of Us Left Behind and Uncharted 4. Okay. I mean, I can dig it. Yeah, definitely. They said, like, we can never really contain ourselves with our stories. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just hard for us to do that. And they, they chose Nadine and Chloe for this adventure and they're like wow there's a lot of really cool things we could dive into with this in this story let's try to do as much as we can fuck it mm. what if uncharted so, yeah. continues with chloe yeah that would i dig that mm. i would dig yeah. some chloe adventures yeah i'm really excited i like chloe as a character uh i thought nadine was pretty cool in uncharted 4 so i'm excited to see more of her um I think the story sounds cool. I'm I'm just very excited for this. And I think for forty dollars is that that's an amazing price, man. I mean, you're gonna get hopefully a very high quality, still fairly lengthy uncharted experience from mm-hmm. Naughty Dog. It's almost like you're getting a completely new uncharted game in a way. Yeah. They said this this island or uh, this location, I should say, uh, is the biggest location they've ever created in an uncharted game. So it's like you're still getting some quality content. I think label, labeling this as DLC is just a load of horseshit. It really is. I mean, it's been discussed on other podcasts, but yeah, DLC is kind of just a dumb term anymore because there's such a variety of what that could mean. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> but if you pre-order... Oh, really oh excited. hold on. Go ahead. Sorry. But if you pre-order Uncharted The Lost Legacy, you not only get an entire Naughty Dog Uncharted adventure... You get the Jack games that are that we yeah. announced last week. Yeah, I think you get the first one, I believe. I think you get all of them. It's just that they said that the first one will launch the twenty second. I'm I'm not sure. I maybe you only get the first one, but I thought that was a whole collection. Yeah, no, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's just the first one. Hmm. It says here, anyone that pre-orders the Lost Legacy at participating retailers will receive a free copy of. Jack and Daxter, the Precursor Legacy for PS4, hmm. when it launches August twenty second. So that's strange. So they're gonna actually have that separated out as an as its yeah. own game. Huh. Yeah, I, I feel giving you the whole trilogy would be the best way, but whatever. Um, August twenty second is also the same day as Middle Earth: Shadow of War, so oh, that will be a very boy. good day indeed for video games. Man, it's just a fucking banging ass year for video games man 2017 baby absolutely the world might be in flames but fuck yeah we're getting some video games <laughs> yeah definitely you like that uh, rhyme? you like that rhyme huh huh you like that rhyme yeah that was good bitch <laughs> i'm this sorry it's a good good exclusive that sony can uh push for sure Mm-mm-mm. all right man it's not often we talk about the other side of the aisle on this podcast. But Microsoft decided to do something so insane that we just had to talk about it a little bit and wonder, will PlayStation do the same? We are, of course, talking about Microsoft's new policy. They're going to start allowing you to get refunds for your games if you've played them for less than two hours and you're doing it within, I think, two weeks. Yes, if you've played for less than two hours and the game's been owned for less than two weeks, 
You can return a game on the Xbox store and I believe the Windows 10 store. So yeah, it's totally a self-service action. There doesn't have to be any review on it as long as you meet those requirements. You can get a refund for your game. Yeah. Um, this is really good. Yes, it is a very consumer-friendly thing that they're doing, and I wonder if PlayStation is going to follow suit. I would hope they would, but I'm not so sure. I'm not sure if I have faith that they will. Yeah. They almost... I feel like Sony might not do it because they don't have to. I mean... At a certain point, they are going to have to, though. They are going to have to give us something because it's, you don't, when you're in the lead, you have to maintain that lead. And if you just keep on doing nothing, if you keep being complacent, like we saw with the PlayStation 3, you're just going to get burned in the end. Yeah. And, And what happened with the PS3 is not only did they have a lot of exclusive games come out, but they made a lot of smart moves company wide pretty much that made them a little bit more consumer friendly now microsoft has been behind this whole generation i just they haven't really had that exclusive lineup to back it up uh but they absolutely are the most consumer friendly company of this entire generation which is weird to think with microsoft you know but some of the moves they've made on xbox is just incredible in some and you go, well, shit, a Sony, or if you're just a PS4 gamer, you're like, well, I want that too. And then you start talking about it with everybody else, and then hopefully Sony will get the message and be like, well, we do need to do this. But I almost feel like, like, I get your point, but I also think like, yeah, we're we're ahead basically two to one. Why do we really need to give a shit? But what these companies truly want is for everything to be all digital. Yes. They can cut GameStop out, they can cut all those people out. And this is one major step closer to having people accept accepting going dig- digital. Because if I buy something and I don't like it, and I can get a refund, that's incredible. And Microsoft's policy sort of falls in line with steam's policy steam was the first one to do this um and i think it's worked well for them and also at the same time like this is an amazing way to send a message to developers that like if they put a game out that is a buggy broken piece of shit just get a refund Mm -hmm. you know they ain't making any money i mean the only reason i could see that sony may justifiably say no to this is because of playstation vr because a lot of those experiences are two hours or less. Yeah. And, I like, I guess the thing is, you can't really have a policy that, like, there's, you can't have a blanket policy when you have such a variety of games as PlayStation does. No offense to Xbox, I'm sure there's a lot of cool indie games on Xbox, but I want to say, like, for the majority of, like, smaller experiences on console, you're going to get them on PlayStation. And it's just, I don't think it's fair to, like, say, say I could beat Parappa the Rapper in under Mm -hmm. two hours, which Which, I think is, which I think is reasonable. I could beat that in under two hours. 
You can beat that game in 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And then I want to say, hey, give me the fucking refund. Yeah. Like, h- how is that justifiable? Yeah, I, I get that. And that's that's something that Steam runs into because Steam has a lot of games that are way less than the two-hour playtime. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just think that there should you know? be there should be more of a process than just saying two hours. I think the process should be like it should be something that is considered when a game is maybe going through cert, although that is just to test whether the game works and doesn't break. I feel like there should be like an additional process there to decide like if your game like you should be able to say if your game's refundable like what what what's the threshold of that? Um maybe Sony will have to demand that games will be refundable and then the whoever's submitting the game has to set like an acceptable time like there should be there should definitely be like a maximum on how long you can play a game before you refund it and a minimum like it's to for them to put on because they could say hey 10 minutes or you just don't do it um it's i just feel like there needs to be a better process in place and i don't think that they're ready necessarily to put that kind of infrastructure in place but yeah that's just how i feel about it i mean i mean they haven't put the infrastructure in place to change your fucking psn name i knew you were gonna go there (laughs) i don't know if they would do this (laughs) but it's 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 just something that's inevitable man i mean it it has to be done and and yeah it sucks sometimes for smaller developers that are making shorter experiences that can be completed within two hours. But at the same time, it falls a little bit more on those developers to really make a game that people would want to hang on to then. Because if you played a game that was an hour and a half long and you go, wow, that was an incredible experience. I'm just going to let them have my money. That's cool. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully that'll work out. But, but, Hopefully there's just not much abuse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But we'll see. I know like the big dif- the one big difference between what Microsoft is offering and what Steam already has is that on Steam you can get refunds for in-game purchases, for DLC, all that stuff. For Xbox you can't do that. So it would be interesting to see if Sony was to implement something like this, where they would fall with that, if it's just you can only get a refund of the game, or you can get a refund of the game and it's DLC and blah blah blah, blah. I don't know. It's just a very consumer friendly move. It's one of the most consumer friendly moves I think Microsoft's done this whole generation. Probably right in line with backwards compatibility. Yeah, I. Thing is, Sony just. I feel like Sony just thinks it's won. Like, you can't just think you've won. You can't let people back. I mean, I, I respect competition. I respect their, their games are, like, it's a very competitive scene, and you want to see competition in games, but I feel like if you're Sony, you can't get complacent. You can't just sit around and do nothing while Xbox is here gaining all this goodwill among the audience while you're just sitting there hey look we have the most systems sold so uh fucking suck it yeah and especially when microsoft's about to launch a 
new console that really puts the PS4 Pro to shame in a way in terms of uh, hardware power for consoles. Um, like the people that are saying that, oh, once Scorpio comes out, Sony's done and Microsoft's going to sell the most consoles. It's like, let's just calm down. That's a completely ridiculous comment. One, because Scorpio is going to be a premium price console. It's going to be, I would say, at least $500. And two, Microsoft really has to prove that they have the lineup to really pull people over. But that's something we can get into another time. Mm. Uh, but yeah, they shouldn't get complacent. And sometimes I feel like Sony does get complacent because they can type of thing. So. Mm. Like, like another thing that we ran into last year was the whole mods thing with with Fallout and Skyrim. Like, Microsoft was like, sure, go ahead. And they looked like the good guys. Mm-hmm. You know? It's just, I feel like that's happened a lot this generation for sure. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, this week you got to see something that I didn't get to see. Because they pulled it down, the leaked trailer of Battlefront 2. Teasing the story mode. Hmm. You saw this trailer? I did not oh. see the trailer because when I I'm a, I pulled up the article not long after, I guess it was taken down. Oh, okay. It was, ta- it was taken down pretty quick, but I saw, like, images from the trailer. Yeah, I, I thought oh. you actually got to watch the trailer because when I went back and looked at it, I was like, "Oh shit, can't even look at this." Yeah, no, but mm. uh, there ha- there is information that leaked out of the trailer, like like you were saying, story mode was teased, Star Wars across multiple eras was teased, like Kylo Ren and Rey, Yoda, Darth Maul are in this, so it's pretty much confirmed that you're probably going to get stuff from all three eras of star wars um it ends though with saying if you pre-order to get star wars the last jedi heroes Mm. that's a little frustrating Mm. yeah we're supposed to get a trailer on saturday that that disgusts me this pre-order me me too for exclusive content and you know, yes, and you know that this game is probably going to have a $50 season pass like every Battlefield game in Battlefront 1, which is going to fucking blow, and there's going to be so much cool content locked behind that shit. And they'll want you to pay for that, and then a year later, less than, they'll sell everything packaged together for $40, and it's like, well, fuck. Mm. I mean... Meanwhile, campaign, we... fine. Multiple eras of Star Wars, awesome. Because that was one thing that was very frustrating about the first game. The biggest thing is gameplay. And I feel people are like, campaign, multiple eras of Star Wars, I'm in. Take my money. Like, dude, Battlefront had some of the most shallow gameplay you could play with a first-person shooter. It was really fun for, like, a month or two in playing for one or two hours every time you played. It was like a fucking blast, but it needs the gameplay. It needs the game modes. There was only like two game modes that were worth a fucking damn. 
there really wasn't that many maps in the base game because, you know, you had to buy them all afterwards. Like, those were the problems with Battlefront. You know, mm. not really the lack of a campaign because there's games, I mean, book it Overwatch. I mean, we would love campaign, but you don't need a fucking campaign in that game, really. It's still an incredible game. It was the gameplay. The gameplay was a little bit deeper. That's what I'm hoping for out of everything. So mm. we'll see for sure. Saturday, we're supposed to get a trailer. We're supposed to get a trailer for The Last Jedi tomorrow. As this, you listen to this. Uh, I'm excited. Man. As this podcast resident Star Wars curmudgeon, I've got to say, I don't really give a shit. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Well. It's okay. Not everybody gives a shit about games that I like. Yeah. Kind of like The Elder Scrolls Online. There you go. None of my friends like The Elder Scrolls Online, but it does have a large audience out there. And if you're on the outside looking in, you have a chance to play The Elder Scrolls Online for free for a week. And it's already started. And it's going until the 18th. So yeah, if you want to try it out, you can. Um, They do have like their new house. I haven't played The Elder Scrolls Online in a while because of all these RPGs I'm playing. I can't go back into an MMORPG because if I did that, then you know, it would screw up my entire schedule of how I play RPGs, multiple ones at once. But I do want to get back to it because it does. It has added a shit ton of content since I've last done it. Mm-hmm. The Morrowind expansion intrigues me. Oh yeah, mm. for sure, and possibly for me there. Uh, this game right now though is on sale for very very cheap. Yeah, the you base can. Game. Yeah, you can get so. the base game really cheap. Uh, I would say, however, like some of the best content is the stuff they've sold, like the Dark Brotherhood, the Thieves Guild. Um, there, I think there's this one dungeon that they sold. It's one of the, it's the cheap one of their cheaper DLCs, but there's a dungeon they sold, and that dungeon is pretty good. Like probably one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, I I just man, I love it, the Elder Scrolls. Man, I love that universe. That's one of my favorite fantasy universes. It might be... I don't want to say it's my favorite fantasy universe because there's a lot of them out there, but I really like it. It's my second favorite one. Mm. Your first being Sorry. Mass Effect? No, the or, first well, one... The first one fantasy for me is the world of A Song of Ice and Fire. Oh, Game of Thrones. I, I'm a big... I'm, I'm, God I damn it. But Elder Scrolls is cool for sure. Yeah. That, that's the thing. I was thinking about Outer Scrolls the other day, and I'm like, why isn't there more, like, Elder Scrolls stuff? There is. Like, the Elder Scrolls Legends, if you want to play on PC and iPad or no, soon I get to be that. your phone. I get that. But, like, uh, like in Elder Scrolls movies or a TV show or something, like, there's a lot there that could be really cool for, like, other media. Mm. Like, it's a very rich universe. Mm. I would love if it, when HBO is done with Game of Thrones, if they would just buy the Elder Scrolls license and just do whatever. I mean, cool. I would be in favor of this action. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, like there there is a shit ton of lore that they can work on. It's it's definitely a deep universe that has a lot written around it already. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I can't wait for the next Elder Scrolls game, but it's not coming for a long time. Dude. Although I, I... think they're gonna be full scale working on it now. I think they're done with Fallout Four. Yeah. I don't even want to imagine the hype train that game would create. Oh man. I just don't. I mean, seeing Fallout Four, that was one of the biggest hype trains I've ever seen, and definitely No Man's Sky. Like the biggest hype train I've ever seen in my entire life was Star Wars The Force Awakens. That was just unbelievable. Mm. I mean, a new mm. Elder Scrolls game would probably get pretty damn close to that. Mm. Mm. Oh, in my crazy. opinion, greater because yeah. <laughs> Elder Scrolls is something I care about. <laughs> yeah, I'd be I'd be excited for sure. Oh man, 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 really excited. Um, I bet Gorilla's really excited. Man, they they got some. They got a. They got the game, Horizon, top of the charts here in the top ten here. Um, we do have numbers to back that up. Um, PlayStation Store's March top downloads have released the numbers. We see them here. Would you like to bring us down the PlayStation Four list or bring us up? However, you'd like to read it. Yeah, I'll, PlayStation Four. I'll start at number twenty. Batman Arkham Knight, 19, NBA 2K, 17, 18, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, 17, Plants vs. Scots, plant, wow, I can't talk, Plants vs. Zombies, Garden Warfare 2, 16, Madden NFL, 17, 15, For Honor, For Honor dropping down a little bit there, uh, 14, Kingdom Hearts HD, 1.5 and 2.5, Remix, 13, Minecraft, 12, Ark Survivors Pack. 11, Near Automata. 10, GTA 5. 9, Rocket League. 8, Battlefield 4. 7, EA Sports. FIFA 17. 6, God of War 3 Remastered. Number 5, Battlefield 1. Then we get into some new games for March here. Number 4 was MLB 17, the show. MLB the show 17, I should say it right. Uh, 3, Mass Effect Andromeda. Two, Horizon Zero Dawn, and number one, Ghost Recon Wildlands. Oh, man. That is insane. That I'll be even, honest. It isn't even that great there. of a game to me, man. I don't know. I mean, it's... Man. I, I mean, it was fun for a little bit, but... Man. Congrats to them for selling that. <laughs> yeah. And especially on PlayStation. I would just think Horizon's big. By, you know, Horizon was... Uh, Probably sold a lot day one in February, so I'm sure a large chunk of those sales were stuck in February. But, mm-hmm. but still, that's a little surprising to me. But I mean, Ghost Recon. Is popular. Uh, apparently, people like that Ubisoft formula. Something I'm getting a little tired of. But hey, yeah. Oh man, let's. Uh, I'm not going to read PS3 because that is hashtag irrelevant. I did put mine away. Did I mention that? You, you you did mention that. I well, I did it last weekend, I think, actually. And there there was one game I wanted to play on it, which was uh, Resistance Three. And I was like, I'm gonna just play this game, bang it out, and put it away. And I played it for like 30 minutes. And the game looks not 
that great, but only because it's dated uh, type of thing. Like it's only running like 720p whatever. And uh, but it, I mean, it looks fine. But I was playing. I'm like, this is fun. And then I died literally once, and I was just like, I can't do this anymore, man. I need to just put this console away. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the game. I was just like, I could not play this fucking thing anymore. <laughs> yeah. So then I ended up putting it away, and I felt very good about myself. Man. Hmm. Still haven't put away my Vita. Me? No, I haven't either. It's, it's still sitting on my nightstand. Nice and pretty up there. My, yeah. Just before bed, I'd like to dive into random game um here are the numbers for the vita games starting from 10 to 1 Killzone mercenary at 10 at 9 wipeout 2048 at number 8 playstation all-stars battle royale ps vita 7 malicious Rever- rebirth oh man this i have words hard uh number 6 adventure time the secret of nameless kingdom number 5 freedom wars Number four, Ratchet and Clank Collection. Number three, Persona 4 Golden. Number two, Need for Speed Most Wanted. At number one for the PlayStation Vita is God of War Collection on the PlayStation Vita. Boom. Oh, man. Uh, PlayStation Classics. Number 10, GTA Vice City. Nine, Destroy All Humans 2. Eight, Grand Theft Auto the Trilogy. Seven, Star Wars Bounty Hunter. Six, The Warriors, which... That's a video game. Forgot about that game. Five, Psychonauts. Four, War of the Monsters. Three, Bully. Two, GTA San Andreas. And number one is Twisted Metal Black. Mm, Oh, Um, yeah, baby. Kind of the same games as usual, too, on the PlayStation VR list. Job Simulator tops that list as usual. All right. Well, um, we we were expecting NPD numbers, but uh, it seems like they're going to release a little bit later tonight. Um, So we'll get to those next week. As for now, we're going to tell you about the new games that have come out this week, and I'll get you started here with A Rose in the Twilight. Mm. This is a PlayStation Vita game, available digitally. In A Rose in the Twilight, a girl awakens in a castle void of color and time, affixed with the curse of thorns upon her back after meeting a sleeping giant. The two work together to escape. Next up is Arrow, spelled A-A-E-R-O, on PS4 Digital. Independent two-man studio Madfellows brings you Arrow, a game that synthesizes high-speed sci-fi shooting action with immersive music elements to deliver an amazing audio-visual experience. Oh, boy. Next up, we have Cosmic Star Heroin releasing on PlayStation 4 digitally. It is crossed by with the Vita version, which will release at a later date. Alyssa LaSalle was one of the top secret agents of the Agency of Peace and Intelligence on planet Arano. When she uncovers a horrible conspiracy, she has to go rogue in order to save the galaxy. This game is also part of the Play Collective, right? Yes, so if you pre-ordered it, I believe you got, what, 20% off? Yeah. Cool. Next up is Crawl on PS4 Digital. Crawl is the dungeon crawler where you control the monsters, possess cruel traps and hard beasts in an effort to slay the hero, succeed to take their place as it's your turn to crawl. 
Oh, I wonder if the, is this a multiplayer game? That that sounds pretty cool. Hmm. Or like you, man that that sounds like a cool concept if I'm imagining it correctly. Yeah. Well, next up we have some Euro fishing. Fuck yeah. Available on PlayStation 4 digitally. Has a man with a beard and a giant carp in his hands. Yeah. Euro fishing is a fishing simulation game which allows players to master their skills to become a top angler within some of Europe's most famous lakes. Cool. Mm. Next up is Faerune on PlayStation Vita Digital. Find different weapons to help you level up and defeat the hordes of monsters invading your realm. Face off against a mysterious threat. Seal it away once and for all. Mm. Next up we have Caro Blaster, available on PlayStation 4 digitally. A classically styled 2D side-scrolling action game packed with adventure from Studio Pixel, the creator of Cave Story. Oh. It's interesting. Uh... Dude, these write-ups have been very short this week. Thank God. <laughs> Next up is Lichd Spear. Lich Spear? That's Licked Spear. Or wait, Lich- yes, Licked. Hmm. 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 I don't know. Lichd Spear. Lichd Spear. I don't fucking know. On PlayStation Vita Digital, in a land filled with worst zombies and hipster ice giants. Survival is an art. Grab your light spear, become a Germanot, and traverse land straight out of Germanic myths. Survive with style and expand your powers to fight for the glory of amusement, the almighty gods. Well, boy, we got Roland Bob here on PlayStation 4 digitally. Draw freely with the simple moves of your controller. Use your ability to draw all sorts of things. Create platforms, walls, walk face down, redirect energy, and much more. Great. Next up is the Sexy Brutal. Yeah. On PlayStation 4 Digital. The Sexy Brutal. A never-ending ball featuring intrigue, murder, and quite possibly the occult. Players must unveil the secrets of the Sexy Brutale Casino Mansion and its inhabitants as they relive the same mysterious and murderous masked ball. I'm not sure about your pronunciation there, but you know what? I'm just going to roll with it. You know, it could be the Sexy Brutale too. Brutale. Brutale. You know, like... That could work too. A Rumble Royal? Or, uh... Yeah. Hmm. But it could also be a brutal Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble. because mm. it's it's a tale. A battle. It's you uh, see what I was thinking was like a a battle royale. Like mm. it's that that's what I was thinking. Hmm. Either way, let's move on. Whatever you want to pronounce it, go ahead. Go go where it snows and snow moto racing freedom. Mm. PlayStation Four digital. Let's race. Hop onto your snowmobile and thunder down tight cornered snow cross tracks with big jumps or, or over huge, wonderful winter landscapes. Get ready for the ultimate snowmobile power ride. Mm. Next up is Starblood Arena on PlayStation VR Digital and Retail. Test your metal 
in furious arena combat with six degrees of freedom against pilots from every corner of the galaxy. Fight for glory. Credits in your life as the Starblood Network broadcast every lawless match for the universe to see. Oh, boy. This game was showcased at PSX. I believe it was the only significant PlayStation VR game in that whole show. Hmm. I might yeah. try it out. I need something on my VR. Haven't played that in a while. Hmm. Probably because of this next game, which I have digitally, but it's out on retail now. Stardew Valley Collector's Edition. You've inherited your grandfather's old farm plot in Stardew Valley. Armed with hand-me-down tools and a few coins, you set out to begin your new life. Can you learn to live off the land and turn these overgrown fields into a thriving home? Ooh. Very addicting game. There should be a warning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lastly is Ukulele on PS4, digital, and retail. Ukulele is an all-new open-world platformer from the genre of veterans platonic. Explore huge, beautiful worlds, meet and beat an unforgettable cast of characters, and hoard a vault load of shiny collectibles. As the buddy duo, Yuka, the green one, and Laylee, the bat with the big nose, embark on an epic adventure to thwart Corporate Creep, capital B. Hmm. Mm-mm. Right on. Oh, in the music we have K-Flay's album, Everywhere is Somewhere. Hmm. And in PlayStation Video, you got Better Call Saul Season 3. Oh, which, hell that is yeah. an awesome show. All right, all right, all right. I and forget. also La La Land, which I have not seen. Have you seen La La Land? Nope, haven't seen it. Me either. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Did we have something this week? Were we going to talk about something? I wanted to have a chat about the PlayStation 4's incredible year. Well, let's get... How would you start us off here? Give us a little bit of an intro. Slide us in. Well... All goopy-like. Mostly, I wanted to talk about their exclusives or just console exclusives. Because... In the first four months of the year, I feel they have really lined things up in a great way. And the timing really worked out well for them, too. Um, And there's a few really interesting pieces here in that I think the biggest one is Japanese exclusives have really hit strong on the PlayStation 4 early in the year. And... These games are actually exclusive for the, mo- for the most part. Um, you have, starting off the year, you had Yakuza 0, which got great reviews. You had Neo, which got great reviews. You have Persona 5 recently, which people love. I mean, yes, it's on PS3, but still. Um, you have Nier Automata, which is on PC, but still. I mean, that lineup of games, I mean, that's some very highly rated games for the year and potentially some of the best games of the year. And it's only in the first few months and they're all Japanese games, mm-hmm. which and is great. It's great to see uh, Japanese games really come back in a, in a great light. You, like you that also and just uh, knock it out of the park. 
Also on that list, I, I would add uh, Gravity Rush. For fans of Gravity Rush, that was yeah. that was a big thing for them too. Yeah, definitely. In in that game got pretty all right reviews too, but in a year with just so many fucking amazing games, I mean, just having a good game, you might get lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. It's pretty evident already this year. So that's that's definitely one thing. And then you have. Um, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn, mm-hmm. which we've talked about at length. And that is such an amazing exclusive for Sony to have, to have uh, an action RPG that's exclusive to their system. Those are very appealing games, especially, you know, RPGs. Um, and to have Gorilla knock it out of the park pretty much on their first try. Um, and that's a game that, two was hyped up a lot and had a lot of excitement built around it and actually performed well and needed in in some ways exceeded people's expectations which is cool um and it, i feel you know especially this generation sony has definitely given their studios a lot of time you know the last guardian that took fucking forever but like uncharted got delayed a few times and Horizon got delayed too, and uh, the order ended up getting delayed. No, all that stuff. They've given their studios time to put out what they need to to really make their games great, um, and it's starting to, I think, really pay off over these past few years because I feel, especially kind of starting last year, they really started to hit with exclusives, and this is such a interesting time too in a great time to have them hit because basically you have the holiday sales and you the sony is this generation they haven't really given a shit about the holiday really they haven't really had much there and they just basically go well we're going to align with the biggest third-party games to help push our consoles we're going to sell millions and then in the spring late winter time we're going to have all our, our exclusives to just keep people coming back to our system or to keep investing in it. And that's such a smart, smart thing. And it's really paying off for them this year, especially. Man. I mean, I, I don't know how, how, I mean, you put it well, I mean, I think Sony is in the prime position. They are riding a lot on those third party relationships. And I think for like, most of this summer, it's going to be they're going to be relying on those third-party relationships until Uncharted comes out this fall, and who knows what else comes out this fall. But I don't think there's anything really confirmed this fall either. No, and and that's another thing that I just wanted to have a chat about too is that, uh, like, we all at the start of this generation went, "Where the fuck is Sony's exclusives, man? Like, mm-hmm. what is everybody working on?" And over time, they've just slowly dripped stuff out. And especially at PSX, it, they just solidified that we have an unbelievably good first-party lineup for probably the next three years. And, and we don't even know everything. And, I mean, there's two games that a lot of people think are going to come out this year. Uh which I don't know how I feel about either of them coming out this year. And one is Days Gone, mm-hmm. and two is Spider Man. Yeah, 
I, I so Spider-Man was rumored with Marvel. There, some guy, big guy at Marvel was like, "Yeah, it's coming out this year." And then Insomniac was like, "Nah, it's not." So we'll see on that one. Uh, Days Gone, I don't know. Mm. I just don't, still don't think that's a twenty. 2017 game. I don't know. What what do you think? I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if neither of these games come came out this year. Um yeah. I just personally for me, I don't I don't have a hunger for Days Gone. I feel like Days Gone was a game that like was thought of in a time period where zombies were popular and I feel like right now zombies just aren't the in. I I don't know. I don't know. I'm, that's the game that I'm most worried about of all the first parties that are in development that we know of. Yeah, and I feel what they showed off was interesting to me, but they need to show off way more than that. Mm-hmm. Like, what else are you doing in this world? What is the story? What are the character relationships and, and that type of stuff? If that stuff's good, then I think this could be a good game. And I'm I'm just a, a little bit worried about that game too. Um, and I feel if that game was to come out in the fall, it would just get fucking slaughtered. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care if it's an exclusive or not. It's just not going to do well. Unless they uh, have something fucking amazing to show at E3. Yeah, exactly. But Spider-Man, if that legitimately is supposed to come out this year, that's a game I think you could have in the fall as your big game because Spider-Man's a big property. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something there, and a lot of people are excited for that game. So we'll see on that. But then moving forward, I mean, a game that I could see coming out this year, and it's not going to light the world on fire, and not too many people are excited about, it, and you probably already forgot about it, is Knack 2. Mm-hmm. Probably not going to light the world on fire, but that could be a, a nice game to have in the holiday time, maybe a little bit earlier than later, of like, hey, here's a really nice kid-friendly game that we have on our system that's only on our system that you can get a PS4 and get your kid that. Mm. could work out well. Um, but then, uh, I mean, looking forward, obviously, we talked about Uncharted earlier. That's a big game. I, I feel that, that'll... Uh, I don't know if that's a game to really shift a lot of units, like an Uncharted 4 probably did. But it's a game that gets people talking, mm-hmm. you know, and gets people coming back to your platform. But then, you know, The Last of Us Part Two, that's years away. But still, that's that's probably the biggest thing they got that in God of War, which God of War is not this year. I mean, it drives me insane when people say God of War is coming out this year and I will just fucking flick myself in the dick as hard as I can if it ends up coming out this year. If E3 rolls around, they give a fucking November release date, and I'm like, damn it. But I just really don't think that's a this year game. Because they, I mean, around the time of E3 when they revealed this game, they said, yeah, we're still really far off. I think that's a next year game, personally. I mean, I know it's second party, but we also have uh, Matterfall and Next Machina coming out of Housemark. Yeah, which... I don't know if you saw, I was on the PlayStation store looking around and I was uh, very uh, just interested in what they have up for pre-order and just looking at some stuff and Next Machina was up there. Mm -hmm. You can pre-order it right now and you can get it for like 15 bucks or something if you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber. And I'm like, whoa, 
So, I mean, it's coming out soon. Uh, they don't have a date there. They they have that December 31st, 2017 placeholder date. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that game does come out, though. It's like... Yeah. I mean, they're setting... Yeah. They're, they have a closed beta that they're doing right now. Um, I didn't get an invite to it because, I don't know, the world is cruel, but... <laughs> It's definitely get it's getting there. I wouldn't be surprised if that game's ready for this year. Yeah, I I think it will be. And then, you know, another game that's really far away that a lot of people have talked about. I'm getting a little tired of hearing about it already. It's Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. That game will be huge. I just want to see what it actually plays like. Like, talk to me when we see gameplay of it, um, which will probably be E3. It's Kojima. Uh, but I think the biggest game that we know of so far, besides maybe Spider-Man, that you place in the fall, is Gran Turismo Sport. Yes. Yes. Because the Gran Turismo name is very popular, and it might have lost some lust as of late because they've taken forever to get these games out. Gran Turismo 6 wasn't what everybody wanted, but Gran Turismo Sport is looking really good, and they delayed... I mean... They gave this game a fucking hard release date last year, man. It was supposed to come out like November 18th, and then they delayed it. We haven't heard anything, really. I mean, they've had a beta and all kinds of stuff, but it's like, wow. Uh, so I think that's a game you kind of hold to, for the fall. I think that could be a really great fall game for Sony. But, I mean, things have just been working out really, really well. They... We all were like, hey, where's the fucking games? And then they're, you know, in the background, Sony's probably just like, hold the fuck on, man. In two years, it's just going to hit you all so hard Mm -hmm. that you won't even know what to do. And then we just have this incredible lineup that we're slowly putting together in the background. It's cool. And then also one other thing is that the timing just worked out really well for them because while they're hitting with exclusives one after another earlier in the year, Microsoft's kind of stumbling a little bit. You know, their first party lineup kind of isn't where it should be for sure. The first party games that people are excited for have no release date in sight. Um, And, you know, canceling scale bound and all kinds of stuff, not the best of things them so it's like they're hitting really hard in microsoft's stumbling a little bit when they didn't really need to or uh in sony's just kind of nailing it man it's it's awesome it's it's a good time to own a playstation 4 for sure oh man has there been a better time to own a playstation i don't know that's a that's a tricky question, but I mean, this is probably one of the best one for sure. Mm. And then I still feel that Sony ha- out of the all the consoles, Sony definitely does have the best indie support still. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some solid indie support in games that are coming to just the Xbox and just to the Nintendo Switch and stuff. But out of out of the consoles, Sony certainly has a great indie exclusive pool mm-hmm. for sure. Man, getting a, we're getting a good indie game next week in Flint Hook. I played that at PSX. Mm. It's a fucking awesome game. Yeah. Man. But but even, like, not all of them are actual console, ex- or actual straight-up exclusives, but console exclusives and stuff. Mm-hmm. I know one... Is Cosmic Star Hero on PC? 
Yes, it is on PC. It's on I, Steam. I saw some really nasty Steam comments about it from, you know, white male supremacists out there. Yeah. Be like, why is there a female lead in this game? Is this another SJW game? No, no. you doofus. It's just it just stars a woman. Not every yeah. game that stars a woman is whatever. Yeah. But then, like, I know one game that people really seem to enjoy that, I mean, it's also on PC, but Night, Night in the Woods, mm-hmm. a smaller indie game that turned out really well, that looks intriguing, for sure. Uh, you had What Remains of Edith Finch coming up. Yeah, you had cool. a Near Automata, which was also on PC, yeah. too, but the, it's on PlayStation, it's ex- console exclusive to PlayStation, and it's a, from what I've heard... A deep yeah. game. Yeah. With definitely. multiple different kind of gameplay mechanics. Like, yeah. it's not just a, an action game. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited for E3, for sure. And I would say out of all three of the console manufacturers, I'm honestly, not just because of my slight bias towards them, but I'm honestly more interested in Sony. We know that Microsoft needs to bring it at their conference. They need to show off a great exclusive lineup of games. They just confirmed today that that's when they're fully going to reveal the Scorpio. So they'll have a fucking banger, probably. We know Nintendo is probably saving a lot of their really big games for E3. Mm -hmm. You know, they just did a direct, but they didn't really announce a lot of lot of big stuff so you know they're probably going to nail it but it's like what's sony going to do because yeah they have all these cool games but they are a little bit farther away and last year i mean they just nailed it at e3 so it's like what are they going to do i'm very intrigued Mm. by that because i we just don't really know yet and i mean we're Two months away from E3, actually literally two months away from E3. So you know shit's going to start leaking and getting announced over these next two months. That'll be really exciting, so we'll see. Man, only two months from E3. Fuck. Yeah, literally. I think that I think the show is the 13th to the 15th. Damn. I'll be back up in Pennsylvania Maybe. for that. We'll be able to cover that together in yeah. the same room. Yeah, I'm a little pissed though, man, because oh. I don't mind E3 slipping into Sunday. Actually, I, I enjoy that a lot. But EA is being a bunch of fuckwads and moving to Saturday. <laughs> and you know, they probably won't have much to say anyway. They never do. It's frustrating. It's like, I don't mind Sunday, but Saturday? I mean, fuck you. That, that's that's just a that's a Twitter party for me waiting to happen. I'll just fucking shit talk EA all day on Twitter. Yeah, that's what that's what I do on Twitter. If you want to you want to follow me at the Arctic Sloth. Yeah. If you want to follow this dude over here, yeah, that's where the camera goes. This dude over here, you can find him at Plugged On Vids. That's his YouTube channel. Which, if you're watching video, you're on it right now. You should hit that comment. I mean, like, subscribe. You should hit all the buttons. Subscribe it. Yeah. <laughs> give us a give us a like. Shoot us a yes. comment. Rate us on iTunes if that's where you're listening, or whatever other podcast service you happen to use. You can contact the podcast itself 
at PlayStation Report Podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at PS Report Podcast. Man, that was a show. Episode 57. We've done 57 of these things. Yeah. Next week, we're recording on 420. Holy shit, we are. Yeah. Spoke it up, man. Spoilers. We record on Thursdays, release on Fridays every week. And, unless you have something, Tyler. I got nothing, man. We'll see you next week, you sons of bitches. Bye.